What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Everybody, welcome to another edition, another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm coming to you live from my office. Craig is coming to you live from outer space um, with his Zoom background. (laughs) He's trying to hold back a laugh. And I couldn't be more excited about today's guest, who is more like a friend than a guest. Craig and I work with this gentleman. He has spoken at two of our summits, Um, gifted beyond belief, has helped Craig and my practice continue to grow um, is one of those people that, you know, you, you, we work with you, Nathan, and you're fully vested in the success of our practice. Not like a lot of contractors or, you know, I hate to use that word contractors, not like a lot of people that I've employed in my, in my business, in my life. You really feel, I feel like you're an integral team member, a partner that's helped uh, grow us. Nathan French is his name. He's got a small agency now because we pushed him into that direction. It's called attention driven because everything in marketing, you guys is predicated on attention. And that's what we teach at Bulletproof Summit. And it's getting attention and getting eyeballs on what we do to, to, uh, to glorify the, the amazing practices that we all have who are listening. So I'm really glad Nate, I've been waiting for this and excited to get you on because you're, you're just an amazing dude from a, from a, from a talent perspective and just as a friend and a human. And uh, um, yeah, I'm excited. Excited. Thanks, man. So, excited to be here. This is going to be great. This it is, is a long time coming. Craig, is, how's the weather in space? Um, yeah. It's actually really cold. It's negative 137 degrees. Is there, is there any Corona up there? <laughs> um, not yet, but um, there's That's been nonstop free. flights from New York daily to Mars. So um, we're worried about that. <laughs> is he actually, well look at my real background. This is actually even nicer. That's, that's it, really it where it is. But space from. is funny. I actually like you in space. Yeah. Go back to space, well, please. Okay. Well, for those of you who are not uh, watching and listening to this, um, I have virtual backgrounds on my Zoom. So I'm coming. Uh, that's probably at least the strat. That's, that's at least a couple thousand miles away from earth what's right what is that is that that's australia isn't that right behind me no is that a first like that's, that's, that's wuhan. Distance. it's wuhan right there i can see it <laughs> god and if, if for those of you who don't realize we're recording this right at the the apex of the zombie apocalypse pandemic but nathan it's good to have you here man uh we we only get to spend one hour two hours a year physical contact so this could satisfy for one of those requirements i think we're good now for 2020 yeah, right. We don't even have to get together at all. We just be like, all right, scratch that lunch. This is it. We have. Oh, you're on the podcast. We're good, man. Nathan, I want to bring up a funny story. So we we wanted to get together because we we have such limited physical time together at our last summit, which even though it's only a month and a half ago, seems like a million years ago. And Nathan and I are just sitting down and get into like a whole bunch of like just like how's life type of conversation. And I felt so bad, but. I had to do it. Like these three doctors came up to try, try to pick Nathan in my brain, like during lunch. And I leaned over and I'm like, Hey guys, I'm really sorry. I only get like one hour a year with my buddy here. So can we just table this discussion and pick it up later? No, Nathan's but it was, like, it was also too, it was right after I had spoke. 
I had spoken. So like I get off stage and like and obviously wants people to that want to come talk and like get my mm-hmm. card and connect. And so like I finally like go through all that and I talk to people and like Craig and I like the last ones going through the lunch line and like, hey man, let's let's go find a table and sit down and connect. And so like we just sit down and as soon as we sit down, some guy leans over and is like, oh, I loved your speech. Like I love what you had to say. And Craig just immediately was like, Craig, was it sweaty was back? Me, but- uh, actually, Nathan, <laughs> Nate, was it sweaty back? Was everyone uncomfortable? Or was like crickets? Like Craig being like, "Hey," because Craig, you have a way of saying it really nicely. Like my wife can do stuff. Like she can she can say mean stuff in a nice way, and people are like, "Okay, no problem." But I say it, people are like, "You're an asshole." No, I, I don't think know. The guy, Craig, you know, Craig said it in a pretty nice. He's like, "You know, hey, I just want to let you know, like, this is our one t- one chance for you to get together and like connect and like actually like just talk about life and catch up." And well, you did. I, in their defense, you did freaking clobber that clobbered it bro my god i was actually worried i'd never heard you spoke i even told you this. (laughs) like we had you i was like you got to speak and talk of what you're doing for craig and i like on stage because like our video funnels and the where like the stuff that we figured out all three of us and like yeah and it's been amazing and so i really wanted to bring awareness to that but you clobbered it and um and i i don't i don't but I didn't, I'd never heard you speak before. And you said, so, Hey so dude, I'm going to bring it. Is, I'm going to bring it. And I was like, okay. okay. So, so me too. So I'm it. like, I'm like, I go in the night before it's like 1130 and Nathan's like practicing his speech, right? Like on stage. But what I didn't realize, he's just like going through the motions and like, you know, advancing his slides. He's just getting his timing down. So I think that he's really bringing, I'm like, oh shit, this is going to bomb. Cause you're just literally like, okay, blah, 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 next slide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Next slide. I'm like, oh damn. I didn't want to say, I just walked out. I like saw you and I didn't want to say anything. Well, we had enough crises that night from like oh my God. trying to I'm find like, the clicker and the, the room and the, what was that thing called? The double clicker? What was yeah, like you, something perfect cue or something like yeah, that. Perfect it, yeah. the, so, the Houston based drug dealer who came over and just yeah. hopped out of his minivan to pass. That was, it was, it was quite a, saga but uh, um so my expectation after seeing you go through your rote practice i'm like oh god nathan's gonna freaking bomb like it's showtime at the apollo they pull up the clown and pull you off but um and i remember now, telling you though people that that's the one thing since you, since i was young it's the one thing i've always felt comfortable doing it's you're, you're amazing i never get nervous i never feel like uncomfortable being up there i'm always just like you know what like yeah i can do this like i'm just gonna be me and we'll talk and i'll explain my yeah with the value man it was like drinking yeah. from, people were frenetically scribbling yeah. down i, I think you got some and... stand-up ovations even i don't know I yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> they clapped after the video um we'll give a shout out to uh what's the dental practice in missouri that did that commercial that we showed oh that yeah we got that that wonderful commercial uh, i forget the name of it uh, oh my god that was so good yeah, and people love that video. That was the one that got the stand-up. The in- in- innovative. Innovative Dental of Springfield. Mm-hmm. That's it, yeah. So, Nate, I did, and the other thing I want to say on, on this is that Craig and I – Craig, how many years have we been? Probably 20, 40 years, probably cumulative years together, you and I, right? Meaning not you and I, but in dentistry, right, as business owners. 21 and, years for me, yeah. Yeah, so like I'd say I can't count the number of people that have told me they have overpromised, especially in dental marketing and under delivered. It's, it's literally countless. Everyone says, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this, this, this. And they just take that money on a retainer and then nothing happens. But like you've been the first person that is truly under promised and over delivered on a continual basis. And that's why it was so important to get you in front of the, the Bulletproof uh, audience and the summit. And that's why I thought it was so important to bring your awareness. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Bring your awareness to um, the podcast, right? And um, 
And even though I know you look, I knew you're a small agency and you probably don't have any fit after summit to even have any more clients, but I just think it's important to talk about some of these things because right now is a very important time. It's not to shrink and contract right from a, from from a, from a, from a Corona, from a COVID perspective, soon it's going to be time to kind of turn back on the lights and go burn the boats. And well, marketing is going to be able to help preparing for being proactive. Like there's a lot of dentists who have a lot of time, like sit down, brainstorm what your video ideas would be like, you know, collaborate, mm-hmm. do some keyword research, think about the content you could be creating, put together a content schedule. Like just because your doors are closed doesn't mean the practices. Talk about, so let's back up. Let's talk about like how you got started, like what you're doing, like kind of like what you did in the presentation and then wh- how you got kind of uh, to where you are now. So how far back do you want me to go? It's a long story. How long we can start? Well, yeah, like give us the cliff notes. Cliff notes. Graduated from college in Milwaukee. Whoa, whoa, whoa. too great. far. That's yeah. too far. I don't too care far. I want to sport up. I guess the big, the, the marketing. You go back to when you learn how to ride a bike. I'm really yeah, interested no. in that. <laughs> <laughs> it all started a spring day, 1992. <laughs> um, no, I went from basically living abroad, teaching English, traveling, and went back to the U.S., Worked odd jobs, saved some money, but I had a marketing degree, always had experience in marketing. And I was like, I want to learn about how to live and work wherever I want. Traveling, being location dependent was a huge, huge, huge thing for me. It was a big goal. Where are you coming from now? Where are you, where are you reporting from right now? I am in Sayulita, Mexico. Which yes. is right so by Zawatanejo. Is it Zawatanejo? Is that, I always remember that from Shawshank Redemption. You buy the them? That, I think that's Baja. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's on the Baja Peninsula. Yeah, he is right. Oh, whatever. I mean, how far is that? Sorry, sure. we interrupted. Craig, we're being we're being bad uh, hosts. All right, but, keep going, bud. But he's being a good guest listener. He is knowing. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, quit um, my odd jobs, moved to Colombia, moved to Medellin. Specifically, had heard that Medellin was a hot spot for entrepreneurs, hot spot for people in the digital marketing. Just online entrepreneurial space. And what else though? Yeah, what else is there? What, yeah. what else? Hot spot, hot. <laughs> what else? <laughs> great nightlife. I will yeah, not yeah. lie. The women yeah. are beautiful. Ripping lines the everywhere. People are just <laughs> incredibly warm and friendly. I would recommend, I'll just give a shout out. Anyone who's thinking about traveling to South America, Colombia and Medellin should be the absolute top of your list there. Colombian people are wonderful. But uh, yeah, so then I started just slowly and surely learning about advertising on Facebook and YouTube ads. And I started building websites and kind of experimenting and learning different things. Got real into copywriting, um, started working through a platform called Upwork, but was never really serious about it. It was just something that, you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I was good at it. And it fueled my ability to travel, to go to Peru for six weeks, go to Patagonia for six weeks, and then coming back from some of those big trips, I ended up linking up with you, Pete, on Upwork, and you hired me. And then that kind of began my process of really marketing for dentists and kind of learning and understanding the dental world and understanding not just the dental world, but more importantly, how dentists are perceived, like the perception and kind of how the public looks at going to the dentist, because I'd see it from the ad campaigns that we'd run from the videos that we'd launch. So worked with you for at least... I want to say six, seven, eight months, then started working with Craig as well in the Spodak Dental Group. And then just through that evolution, and then kind of, as you guys said, we, we just kind of learned that, wow, this, everything we're doing, and if we can create these videos and use them in these sequences, this is, this is exactly how dentists should well, be. Well, like Craig has always said, we have big test kitchens, right? And, yeah. and we just created an open 
awareness of like, Hey, this is working for Craig. Let's do this. And you were able to kind of ping and pong all the things. And you had this big ad budget to say like, and we, I feel like I tell people, I feel like we've cracked the code sometimes in, in, ter- in terms of awareness, because for instance, in the mastermind, we're having one-on-one calls right now. And, and I'm hearing some dentists were like, yeah, I'm advertising. I'm just doing AdWords. And I'm like, okay, but is you know, are you quantifying your ad spend? Meaning because sometimes in AdWords, you know, like Craig in your area, how much is an, how much is the word Invisalign on AdWords? I have no idea. I would imagine yeah, okay. like north, north of five, $7. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably $14. Yeah. Right. And so you, bur- you can burn through a, te- you know, and if that's, if you're paying $14 for that set of eyeballs to land on your website for that keyword, your ad budget doesn't go very far. No. Right. And you're in a crowded space on like AdWords. So I feel like going back to the cracking the code, I feel like you have found us opportunities to take a limited ad budget and just get massive amounts of, of traction, traffic and eyeballs and conversions on the site through different mediums and going where there's not going where it's not crowded per se. Oh yeah. YouTube. We'll talk about that later. We'll have to get into like YouTube funnels and, and uh, some that stuff. But yeah, it's really, I think the biggest thing too was the psychological cracking the code for at least for me. And maybe this is obvious for a lot of dentists and maybe there's a lot of dentists listening who understand this, but as soon as I understood and learned that not many people like the dentist or going to the dentist, and there's just a tremendous amount of dental fear, my entire mindset shifted from, okay, let's buy clicks and let's, you know, let's kind of like, like we were talking about earlier, let's focus on click through rates and all that stuff. And I was like, no, let's buy confidence. Let's buy attention. Let's show people, who we are. Let's let them feel comfortable about coming to our practice and choosing us over us. Cause I thought about myself. I was like, what, why do I go to the dentist that I go to? I was like, well, cause my mom told me to go there and I trusted mm-hmm. her. I had her confidence, right. And because my family had always gone there when I was looking for a new dentist, I had no idea. And it, it all seemed so scary to me. I was like, well, who should I go to? Like, where, how do I find credibility? How, how do I know? And so as soon as I saw that, Hey, if we can start creating videos that tell patient stories and that have other patients talking about how great their experience was and that visually opens people's eyes to like what the practice looks like, what the experience will be like, who they'll see, who the, who the dentist is, who's the doctor, who, you know, how are you, it's, it's a relationship based business. You know, are you comfortable? You know, like, Hey, open your mouth for an hour and a half and let me stick my hands in there. Like you gotta be cool with someone before you let them do that. You know, that's not just something you're going to do off of a whim. So as soon as we kind of under, and it was big with, with you hiring Bo and with us really getting more into videos and seeing how mm-hmm. not only just like storytelling, but then continued storytelling through the ad sequences and like, so not just having one touch point, but like five or six. Yeah. Look, I think gone are the days when you can create a stock art ad and post it on the internet and expect any kind of, you know, how many times do you see an office that just advertise and they take a stock, a clip art, you know, stock photo, and they put some content, you know, some, some text underneath it and like expect that that's going to convert versus going next level. It used to. So that's what it is. It used to work. It used to work. It used to work. Right. But now the, the, like you always say, Craig, the consumer has gotten way more sophisticated. And that was a big tenant of the summit was talking about dental storytelling and storytelling marketing inside. And Craig, I know you've been to uh, story brand, which is kind of, the, you know, that was kind of the thesis of what, how we do. But a lot of times people feel like, well, there's no real storytelling in dentistry, but there absolutely is in every little component. It doesn't have to be these elaborate movie winded movie, long winded, you know, stories, but there are stories to tell. And if we can capture that and you can then create awareness around that at scale, it's game over. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I think we have it a lot easier than most consumer uh, companies. I mean, some of the most amazing story brand ads I've heard of are Procter and Gamble. There was like mm-hmm. this one about moms. It's like, it has nothing to do with like Tide detergent and toilet paper or whatever, but it's just like, for, it, it shows a bunch of like children, you know, very small children learning to ski and learning to ice skate and they, they fall down, they're crying and the mom comes running over and puts ice on them. And then they shows them as they're preteens and they're falling and they're crying and then they win something and then they lose something and everybody's crying at the end. They show slow motion, like the Olympic skier going down the mountain mm. and slowly pans over to the mother and the mother's just filled with tears and it's brought to you by Procter and Gamble, which has nothing to fucking do with like your mother or your, or your, you know, or, or Gerber clothes. not, I'm sorry. Or your clean clothes. Of or your clean type. clothes. It's, it's just such a jump. But in dentistry, we're so fortunate that we actually help people. When people do business with their dentist, they are healthier. We're selling them health. We're, we're getting them out of pain. We're taking away fear. We're, taking, we're giving them confidence. We're building confidence. We're changing. We have an ability to change a uh, profession that's already riddled with negativity. So the story brand marketing is uniquely suited to dentistry, in fact. You know, so I, I would propose. And, you know, a big, a big paradigm shift, and then Nathan, I'm going to let you talk on um, this as well. Um, but a big shift that's been for me was early in my career of marketing, it was how many, how many fellowships can I aggregate? How many awards can I do? How much can I talk about me being the hero of my practice um, so that peep, I can – I can aggregate or collect patients that because they, because I'm the hero and I can fix them thing kind of thing. Right. And that, that was a broken philosophy in marketing and, and something that, that we, we in our practice have turned completely on our heads. No longer are we the heroes. No longer do, do we want to be the heroes. Our patients are the heroes of the practice and we are the guides to get them there through the stories of what they do, whether that's a new night guard that they've got, you know, massive clenching and grinding and it's making their life miserable to smile designs, to Invisalign, to crowded teeth, to perio, to bad breath, whatever that story is, there's a, there's, there is a, there is something in there and we are just the guide, right? We are just, we are just the, the proxy, the conduit to get them from point A to point B and that's it. And as soon as you can turn that, sh- that mind shift on in your marketing, it makes massive difference because everything you see now becomes, an opportunity to kind of create awareness around that. I think that's a natural human instinct though, just to live in our own heads, think about ourselves. You know, we just, we're all living in our own personal realities. And I think with dentists that translates to their marketing, right? You know, you just think that people want to hear about your new DSD technology and your, you know, how you're able to turn around implants and veneers in a month or two weeks. And like the, the particulars we talked, I used it at the speech in the summit. I said, you know, imagine you're going on like a hike, or you're going on a trek and you're going to like meet your guide in the trek. And he like comes up to you and says, well, you know, we have this thermos and we have this tent that's rated for this gear. And then we have this sleeping bag that you can sleep in and it's rated to minus 20 degrees. And then we have all, you know, he could talk about the specifics of the, the process and the gear he's going to use to get you there. Or he could just show you pictures from other people's trips and other people's hikes and be like, Hey, I took a couple from Portland up to this point last week and we yeah, saw the sunset and we camped there. Sunset right? and it changed their yeah. life and they got changed engaged. Their and whatever. You know, like this is, this, this, I took, you know, I took a, a couple of kids and their, their parents up to here and we got to go swimming and jump off waterfalls up here. You know, like you can show them the actual stories. And again, you're just the guide and you're helping them to see their hero come to life, I guess. Cause that's what people. And by the way, have we, we ever talked about this on a podcast because I know we're going into guide and story brand, but is this because I get confused that this was just a uh, summit thing or not? Like the why the human brain is wired for story. Have we talked about that? 
before Pete. I, I think we maybe touched Good. on it, but you're right. It's I you you get confused as to what you've talked about. In the yeah, because we talked we talked we talked so much, and and I just want to just briefly <laughs> talk about. I, I want to briefly just tell people what this is. So, your human brain consumes like 1,500 calories a day. Um, it's and human beings were really quite an efficient species. Most most mammals have you know thick skin and bones and, and skeletal structure to defend against predators. We're, we're pretty soft in, as, a, as a species. So the only thing we have in our defense is we have this massive brain and the brain is inefficient because it consumes tons of calories. So we've, so in order to survive, your body has developed a very unique mechanism to tune out what's use, useless information. So when you're hearing someone that comes up to you in a cocktail party and you ask them what they do and they start telling you, I help people save their, you know, and they go on and on, your brain just turns them off because you're like, this is not worth my calories. I got to turn this guy out because I got to survive. I got to use these calories elsewhere. So there's a mechanism that human beings have in their genetic code and it's to listen and be able to understand stories. So we're built to relay stories. It's the reason why cavemen painted on their walls and also the reason why we can sit through two hours of Forrest Gump and not even check our phones once because you're wired to receive a story. So advertising has been focused mostly, at least in my experience, on getting awards for being so creative. And somehow someone made an assumption that if it's creative enough, it'll sell stuff. And, you know, there are things like that, the caveman from Geico, and there, there are unique examples to that. But really the best thing you can do is, in a very succinct way, is tell the consumer, hey, this is worth calories because here's the story of how I'm going to take you, who's hopeless and scared, and bring them to a confident person. Well, there's two questions, right, Craig? It's survive. It, you audit it. With, How can this help me survive? Is this going to help me survive? And is this going to help me thrive? Right. To two questions. And that's the calorie consumption. And that's the filter, right? Because there's 10,000 marketing messages a day that you have to filter through. And if something doesn't check both of those boxes, right, it make your life better, make it less painful, all these things, right? Um, I wanna, can I just filter. build up what Craig said? Because Please. Yeah, our brain is our superpower. It's the reason we were able to move ourselves, move ourselves from the food chain evolutionary, like through evolution, the brain is the most important thing we have. And the most important part of the brain is the part that we use to communicate and connect with others. Our ability to do this, to talk and make sounds with our mouths and commun and, and understand ideas and high level concepts and work together. That's how we were able to fend off other predators and other animals, you know, build these communities and societies and civilizations and to connect is what we all want to do. It's what we're programmed to do. It's a survival thing. It's not only something that makes us feel good, but it's also something that ensures the, our success and our sustained survival in the future. And there is no more important feature to connecting with people than a smile. As a dentist, like, you are selling people's, the gateway to people's ability to connect with the rest of the world. Like I would encourage anyone out here, any single dentist to go to a bar when they open or a restaurant and try to meet someone without smiling. Try to meet another single person without smiling. Try to go a day without smiling at people and see how effective. Your smile is like the gateway to yes, who you universal. are. It's your first opportunity to show people like, hey, I'm cool. I'm friendly. I'm nice. Like, you know, like let's, let's connect. Let's in any way, shape or form. All right. All right. We hope everyone is getting massive value from listening to this podcast. If you are, we're going to ask a couple things in return. First, Review us on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, the easiest way is to pick up your phone, open the podcast app, click on the album art, and then scroll all the way through the episodes, and you'll see review at the bottom. Go ahead and bang out the stars that we deserve. 
Second thing, if you haven't signed up for our text uh, list to get notified of special offers or the next summit or whatever it may be, uh, make sure to text the words bulletproof to 33777. That's 33777 and the word is bulletproof. Third thing is we've got the book, as most of you all know, but we've also got the audible version that Dr. Spodak spent three days in studio and it was an arduous task and he crushed it. He really should be an, an audible book reader. And then last, if you haven't heard, uh, we've got an amazing deal with Merchant Cost Consulting and it's for processing and it's a uh, check out that episode. But if you want to get hooked up with that deal, make sure to uh, go to the landing page, bulletproofdiscounts.com. That's it, everyone. Hope you're having a great day, and we'll see you soon. So, Nate, talk about why, because Craig and I are full believe in this, because Craig has a full-time, you know, we, we are big believers in videographer, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's- <laughs> I like how you stopped right in the middle of it. Craig is a full-time. <laughs> I got that. I got that. No, I say Craig has, I was probably mumbling, Um, but obviously we're big believers in it because it's just without video, it's really hard to communicate with the attention given all the aforementioned we've just said, right? It's really hard to break through that survive and thrive filter with a stock photo and some messaging because no one wants to read anymore. You've got, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got a fraction of a second to get someone's attention and then keep it. So Mm -hmm. can, so we always talk about video, video, video. Can you talk about how that's kind of the thesis for your agency? Yep. So like how you've built, 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 you know, a really efficient protocol based on that. Yep. So as you said, I mean, video is what people prefer. Attention spans are shortening up. We're visual creatures. We prefer to, we prefer video way more than we prefer to read something or see an image and then have to read text associated with it. So video is the best way to capture people's attention. So like, let's look at attention as this, let's look at it as a currency or something like you're like, you're, you're fishing for, you're trying to gather attention. Well, the first thing you have to do is use video because that's what, that's the type of content that people prefer. If you're going to fish, use the bait that the fish like to eat. Right. So that's number one. Number two um, is it's the best way to, remarket and to you know establish multiple contact points or touch points with a user so in both the facebook business manager and in the google ads platform you have the option to go in create an audience based off of people who have engaged with a specific video so for facebook for example let's say we we run an ad with a video on facebook so we run that ad anyone who then watches 50 percent of that video and i can set my team and i we can set time frames to it so in a seven day period and this in is a your ad funnel period. you're talking about right what's that this is your ad funnel that you've kind of created These are like, like this, the, the ad yeah, funnels yeah. that we'll set up for people locally right so seven day 14 day 21 day window there's different we have different parameters direct depending on the number of videos we have and the goals of the practice the size of the budget but the idea is, so then they've watched that video, then they're going to be in a specific period of time. Again, they're going to be shown another ad with a different video that again, talks about a patient story or the practice or a service that you offer. It's again, building confidence, building trust. And now it's not curating only- that lead as well. Meaning someone because, exactly. because people don't usually just see the ad the first time. They're like, yeah, I'm going to call them. They have to be like, oh, God, I keep sure. seeing them everywhere. They're following yeah. me around and look at this. Yeah. So I, I, I hear it. I love it. Keep going. And, so, and you talked about this at the summit. The rule of seven has become the rule of 21. You know, the old mm-hmm. marketing adage was you need seven points of contact with a cold lead or a cold customer to convert them into a purchasing customer. And now, as Craig has talked about a lot, people are getting smarter. They're getting savvier. You know, you need to have way more 
touch points and contact points with them to, again, build that trust, earn that confidence and really get their attention and awareness of who you are to a point where they're going to buy. So it wouldn't just be on Facebook. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Instagram. Um, we'll do SEO stuff where you're on the first page locally for SEO. So there's, there's, you know, just again, a lot more options available to you as a dental practice. If you're using video in your marketing campaigns, because it opens a lot of doors for you to remarket and, and set up creative remarketing strategies from there. I think probably a lot of dentists hearing that is just video has always been such a daunting task. It has in my career. Uh, I remember, you know, anytime you talk about video, it's like people all of a sudden assume these massive production crews and this expensive elaborate videos and editing and post and, oh my gosh, everything has to be perfect. And I want to be the first person that says that like, that actually does not have to be the case anymore. And can, so can you talk about like some of the most effective ads that you've seen, some of them being raw, some of them maybe even being selfie style, um, but don't let the production be an impediment is where I'm going. No, I completely agree. Yeah, I wouldn't say let the production be and understand that part of the evolution of, I think, social media in general is so it was just this novel 10, 10 years ago, novel thing, people were learning how to use it. It was a, a great place to go and get cheap clicks and get you know, mm -hmm. really cheap awareness and attention for your business. But now as you know, the adoption of it is just mushroomed and exploded. Now people are searching more for authenticity they're looking for someone who's genuine who kind of has a good vibe who's real they want to know who you are they want to connect and kind of understand the human side behind the practice not just what you're offering so i think that's one part of it so if you're doing a selfie video you might think oh this doesn't look great or this doesn't look too you know polished or professional but for a lot of people they're like oh this is just this is a real video their it's perception real. will be this is a real video that he just shot this is what his real life's like this is how he talks he's not trying to hire some professional video marketing you know it's an amazing camera setup production studio your phone <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah and by the way look at look at to the to the general audience how we train them to prefer the sloppy, jerky camera angles. I mean, look at when Friends and Seinfeld were the number one TV shows. It was all staged and everything. The lighting was perfect. Now everything's the Kardashians reality shows and the cameras are jumping around. They're, they're, in, they're, in, they're with GoPros in their we've cars. Been, we've been so programmed we've been, that way we've through the Kardashians, through TikToks, through Instagram photos, right. through lives. Like that is the new preferred through YouTubes. Right. That and is the new preferred methodology. Almost. When I shot, I shot a really elaborate television commercial, series of television commercials. They're on my YouTube channel, but they're like five, seven years old now. God, they're maybe more than that, maybe eight or nine years old. They were super elaborate with a really high quality production company. And we like used the lighting animation. had to be perfect and it everything. Was perfect yeah, makeup, yeah, yeah. the whole thing, makeup. sound, makeup. I had like 15 people, like literally doing these commercials, 15 people. And all the people that knew me are like, oh, they, they'd know me from the TV commercials. They're like, oh my God. Your actresses and actors, those people that played the patients were so believable. I was like, what do you mm. mean actors? Like the people that you had saying that they love their smile. I was like, oh no, those are patients. I'm like, oh no, no, they weren't. They were actors, right? I'm like, no, they were, they were. So what I'm trying to say is that the elaborate production quality made it less believable. Uh -huh. Same with the stock image. So if your stock image is that happy woman eating salad, you know, that stock yeah, image that everybody uses. That everyone like, uses. She's really excited. She has her bowl with tomatoes and lettuce and she's smiling ear to ears with perfect makeup as the salad's entering her mouth. People don't believe that. So it's better that you actually do it less budgeted and less professional. It'll be more believable. I think that the consumer is used to that. And the one thing that I would mention, and Craig and I are big sticklers for this, and we always talk about this, and Nate from a, from a is video, the quality of your video is less important than the sound of your video. 
Oh yeah. Sound. Right. Sound people, bad sound people will not tolerate. They will not watch it. Because it it wastes calories. You can't hear it. Your brain says, I can't spend the extra 25 calories to try to figure out what they just said. You know, at the summit, Greg, we, I've gotten so much good feedback on that sheet that we made where it's like basically the iPhone video setup. that's almost like it gives you pro quality because l- the lighting and such. I wonder if we could just, um, I wonder if we could just offer that up with a, um, a way to, maybe we should put that, that sheet on the website finally. Cause it really is a great little setup. A, yeah. A, well, let's gamify it. We'll, we'll talk about that later. I got some right, ideas. Right. Well, um, I got some ideas, but yeah, that's, okay. that's key. That's so key. Um, and by so the way, we, Gabe, Gabe finally invested in an, an a point and shoot SLR after he was my videographer. I was like, no, we don't need that. It's going to be great with the iPhone. Now we freaking love it. It's so much different. So much different. What the SLR? Some, the yeah. SLR. So yeah. Well, that's better. it. Look, but that's a, that's an evolution, right? And so when you have, my point is the, the barrier to entry shouldn't be the equipment because the equipment is sitting in your pocket. Right. And, and as you get, get some chops and have fun, more fun with it and you get more sophisticated with it, man, maybe it's time for an SLR or some fancy cameras and, and look at like, look at me in this thing. I've created a, you know, a blurry F stop like behind yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So you can get more creative with yeah, it. But every, like every four minutes it goes to the, um, to the PBS after hours. That is bars. <laughs> so oh, I don't, hey, why does it do that? Why settle be- down and go back to space. Cause it thinks, well, it, it thinks we're, um, it thinks, it thinks that it's not what? active. It thinks it's not active and it's just going there because it's a, hey, go back to space. Babe. In space again. <laughs> um, sorry, Greg, we're making a guest listener out of Nathan and I don't want that. Good. Uh, I like hearing you guys talk. I like, I enjoy the podcast for the banter. I think a lot of people do too. Yeah, well, it's, it's scripted. It's the one scripted. thing we've all got these <laughs> guys is time, you know, like we can go for hours on this podcast. Yes, exactly. Make this into like a Joe Rogan. Do, right? Two hours. Um, so... Nate, talk a little bit more about, um, yeah, just talk about, I, I liked how you were going down the, the sequencing of the funnels and talking about. Yep. So sequencing funnels, YouTube, that's the other thing I would say, why people should be using video. You can start advertising on YouTube. I think that YouTube is a vastly underrated um, marketing platform for dentists that they should all be running ads on. We, with the campaigns that we run, we get views for a lot of your guys' videos. And I'll just, I don't know if you guys mind me sharing this, but I mean, six seven cents, four cents, three cents. I mean, think of that for three cents, you're getting someone to watch a video for a minimum of 30 seconds. If not, it's either 30 seconds or 50% of the video. Some of our videos are three, four minutes long. If you're getting someone's attention for two minutes for four cents, like, yeah. Again, uh, how, long do you want to do, how long do you want to do that deal for? Yeah. For, all, forever. All day long. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, no video means no YouTube. And then the big thing, and we've touched on this several times, video is the best way. Really a big part of what we do at Attention Driven is we so help to tell Something we talked about on our mastermind call last night and um, was something called lookalike audience. Can you, ta- can you talk about that real quickly? I know I'm getting, as Craig says, a little tangential, but I think it's a, I think it's a good low-hanging fruit for those of, those of audience who are listening who maybe do their own Facebook ads. Yep. So the lookalike audience is an audience that you can create and you can create it both in the Facebook business manager and in Google ads. And I'll just break it down real simple. So for anyone who's thinking like, Oh, what about Instagram? So Facebook and Instagram are all, all the ad campaigns are managed in one platform. So it's, it's a click of a button to say, I want to only send ads to Instagram. I want to only send ads to Instagram stories. I want to only send ads to Facebook. So you can create the, if you're going to do this for Instagram as well, you can create these audiences in the same platform. And essentially what you do is you will take an email list, You'll have to format it to fit within the formatting requirements of Google and 
Facebook's platform, which is basically like just condense everything down to first name, last name, email, phone number. Um, and what they'll then do is they'll upload, you can upload the emails into the platform. The system will go through and try to match. Um, as just a large and, data set, right? You yeah, upload it like as a, a set. set. And then they'll match that to profiles that they have. Like, so if there's an email address that, on your list that links to an email address that someone uses in their profile, or if they have a name and phone number. And so then what Facebook will do is they'll create that audience as that core data set and then you can create lookalike audiences where Facebook will take an aggregate of the demographic mm -hmm. data on the people in that core audience and say, okay, it looks like most of them are between this age range. Most of them are, you know, males. I, I think this, that was a, a turning point, Nate, in, in, in doing stuff like that because uh, like our practices have been around for a while. So you get a large data set of people who do, right? And so, it's so it was so cool to be able to say, hey, here are all the people who love us go out and find people just like them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and imagine, like selling, to them. Yeah, imagine selling like Toyota pickups to, you know, people who like Porsches. Right. You know what I mean? It's like in, in general advertising, it's been like, Hey, I think people like the Super Bowl might like Toyota. And it's like, that's not true. There's all the Super Bowl is right. not enough of a, of a demographic profile, but now you've got everything you've ever liked on Facebook, everything you've ever liked on Facebook, every place you've ever gone to, I mean, the demographics are so rich. It's and the incredible. same with Google, right? And it's just a different context. I don't know. It's not a lookalike audience, but like, yeah, the, look, these services are free. And I always tell someone that like, if, if the service that you're using is free, like Facebook and Google, you are the product, right? And so they've been collecting data on you so that they can monetize that data. And so now yeah. we get to use that, that, that the collection of data to our advantage if you can do it in the right way. Well, the thing too, and I don't know if this is going to apply to all dental practices, but for larger practices like yours and for Craig's where you have massive email lists, we and you and I have even started doing this and we started doing this earlier this year. We'll take that massive list and we'll say, hey, let's see how many people just came in for veneers procedures in the past year. Let's and let's micro, that building email a micro list. audience. Craig, we did that one for you. Like, let's see how many people yeah. just, let's just get our Invisalign patient list and let's just go after people who are coming in for Invisalign and see if we can't get people who are, are similar to them in terms of their demographic. Like, it's just fun. And if anyone who's like, like I'm a fan of like game theory and you know, I'm, I don't, I don't play chess. I'd like to watch it and, and like I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated I'm with gonna, strategy. I'm going to bring that up later, by the way, that you like to watch chess. But well, but you know what I mean? Like I like to see, like even that go, like I'd watch to watch that, that YouTube machine, not YouTube, um, that deep blue machine that kind of beats all the go players. Cause go is a really challenging Chinese Did game. You see that documentary? Yeah. Wow, that it's was fascinating. fascinating to me, huh? How it started coming up with new moves that like people had never seen before. But They're thinking like, like 10 steps ahead, right? Yeah, and so yeah. that's kind of, that's what advertising is. It's like, oh, because you get data, you get results, you get ROI, and then you get to kind of re reformulate your strategy based on the data that you're getting. And so I've always thought it was kind of like just game theory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we've never known which, you know, the old adage of advertising is you're, you're spending double what you should spend, but you don't know which half to cut out. And that's right. been the old adage. I mean, that's what I grew up with. I was an early adopter into advertising and I was pushing like some of the largest advertising companies. See what I'm talking about, Nate? That's okay. <laughs> so, so I was, um, you know, talking with one of the largest advertising companies back in like 2000, 
four and five and saying, we got to do YouTube. No, you want to embed your video player in your, no, like YouTube. And then Google bought YouTube and then it was all game over. But it, it's amazing how we know exactly what works now, exactly what works. So it's yeah, a, And there it's a, are some things that look, everyone always talks about ROI, Nate. And I, I had so many discussions at the summit on this base. I know we keep referencing the summit, but it was like, what's the ROI on this? And I said, look, at some point in time, there, you can't measure everything. And some is just brand awareness. Oh, yeah. Most of it is brand awareness. And so most. You, and you just have to be confident with your strategy that like it's working and converting. But can you track every lead and click that comes in your office? You probably could, but it would be a full-time freaking job for you, for you as the dentist who needs to be producing dentistry. And we track this. Like, I don't want to ever like, and I'm just going to build off that because you, you bring up a good point. We track this for both of your practices. We track new patient signups, click-through rates, clicks. Right. But our most important metric is how many people are we engaging? How many eyeballs are we getting? What is the attention? What is the awareness? Because dentists, uh, and I think it just needs to be like a cold reminder, like a just real straight reminder. No one really likes going to the dentist. No one wants to hear about you on social media. No one's there to hear about those services. You know, like I joked about it with you guys, you kind of fall into the same category as divorce lawyers. A lot of people really only look you up when they're, you know, in need of a dental procedure, when it's something that they really have to get done. And so, I think it's important to think about like when you're on social media, you can't play within the same rules of like, you are not an e-commerce company like the Kardashians where you can, you know, track a click to a sale to, you know, this return, like this ROI on our ad spend. You need to think of it in terms of how much attention am I creating? How much awareness am I creating? Cause what's going to, the purchasing process or what it's going to look like is someone's going to see a video, see an ad, maybe watch a bit of it. Then they'll watch another one. Then they'll see another one. And then a month down the line, when they need to go to the dentist or something yeah. comes up or a friend needs to go to the dentist, it's going to be like, hey, I actually saw some really cool videos of these patient stories. And I've heard about this dental practice in Atlanta called Atlanta Dental Spot. Seems like they, they really go above and beyond to make people comfortable. You should check them out. Like that's more of the purchasing process. It's not, it's a, it's a different industry. So you have to use different metrics and kind of play by different rules. You can't follow the rule book that was set aside by people who run ad campaigns for e-commerce businesses. Right run ad campaigns for someone who teaches a real estate investing course like that's a completely different animal that's a, it's it's just completely different especially if you're local right like how i mean if you're a local dental practice and you're working in a small market like there's only so many clicks you can get but you can continuously get new engagement and new awareness and new attention by creating well it it distribute. just goes to show you the way I, as you're talking Nate, i kind of thought of it as like you know imagine like this person's just constantly eating messaging because the reason why it's 21 times and not seven times is because yeah. there's advertisements on everything we occupy every area that we could possibly fit i mean pop sockets and chapsticks and and my my shirt has logos all over my computer has logos all over it you know so it's it's that we just need to be part of that continuous stream of material that people are digesting because if you stop and you don't, you just say, you know, I got enough patients and everything's cool. You will slowly, your brand awareness will slowly go away. So it's just this constant and steady stream. And it's true. I mean, could your advertising land on the right person at the right time, right when they're like, I wonder if I need veneers. And then boom, your ad shows up. Yeah, of course. But it's better that they just know you as that branded expert. Like, I don't know. I'm not in the uh, place to buy a knife, you know, like a pocket knife. But Gerber, advertise, Gerber Knives has some of the most amazing story brand advertising. And when I want to go buy a pocket knife, I'll probably find a Gerber knife because they're just a badass company. Same. Something that I heard a long time ago that really resonated with me, and I don't know who said this quote, but they said, 
and this, this applies to a lot of dentists. If the, if your practice isn't where you want it, it's not, the issue isn't that you're not good at your job. It's this, no one knows what you're doing. Grant Cardone. <laughs> yeah. No one that knows. Cardone. Okay. Yeah, so, it, and that is tr- true. Like, you know, you're, it, if you're not a successful dentist or not successful to your own metrics, if you will, if, if you want to grow or you're, or you're struggling, it's not probably not because you're a bad dentist. It's just, it's just because you've lacked to create the awareness and that compelling message to get people to use you to, to right to show people the benefit to thrive and survive. Like we've been talking about. Can I ask um, you guys a question? Just for sure. a general conversation. Do you think it's difficult for dentists to be on video and to be, I don't want to say braggadocious, but to be boastful or to be talking about what they're doing, the impact they're having on people to be in front of a camera? And I think people in general freak out in front of a camera. You don't think it's specific to dentists? You think it's just... No, well, I think I think there's more so in dentists. I, I do. And I'm not busting on dentists. I think that a lot of us are by nature are introverts. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, you know, we've been trained to work alone in some capacities, um, you know, and I think it's hard and we get self-conscious. I know I was very self-conscious of it early in my career. The cool thing is, is going back to kind of the video production. It's really freaky when you have a film crew, like Craig is a natural, can do it in front of 15 people in a film crew, boom, banged out a commercial. I would shit my pants, right? So, but the beauty thing, I used to do this, you guys, I'm not kidding you. I used to take a camera, an SLR camera, go in on a Saturday, prop up a, uh, a tripod, turn on the camera and record myself. And how many times did I say, shit, that was horrible. And I would go back and delete it. It would take me 30 takes sometimes, but guess what? Ultimately I got one that was okay. So like, that's the beauty of having this thing, right? And this setup is going into your office, you know, with a selfie stick. If you don't like it, who cares? All you did was embarrass yourself in front of yourself. Like no one every, cares. Every dentist that's listening to this right now should be, if you're in quarantine, you're in social, you're, you're in your house. Get in your damn office. A video a day. You should set right down. I'm doing two videos a day. Cause that's, you, you said it perfectly. You have to be bad to get good. You got to suck. You got to make bad videos and look awkward and look at yourself and realize that. And then if you get that out of the way, when you do work with a video like production company, if you hire a videographer, when you start to create more videos that you really want to invest time and money into, you already have that runway of I've learned. Yeah, it's just, it's reps, just like, you know, right. You know, it's just reps. Yeah. You got to get in. I I have a doctor in my practice and he he wouldn't mind me saying this. His name's Dr. Kirby. And like, I have forced him to get in front of the camera and he hated it in the beginning. And he was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, he was pretty dreadful. And he would even say that. But now you watch him and this, this evolution of this confidence and this swagger that's come just from, from getting repetitions and going to the metaphorical gym of, of doing more reps and him having to do it time and time again. It's amazing to watch the, the videos of what was done five years ago to what's done now. Amazing. So, so I, just, I just had a call with uh, one of our mastermind people. And um, what I come to realize is that it's not that the videography is so hard. It's that you, you've got to feel comfortable with what you're talking about. And you say that I have a knack for it. And, and the reason why I've developed a knack for it is because I, I have to speak from my heart. So if you gave me a script to read, I would be stuck in my head and I would not be able to get the script out. I would stumble on every single word. Yeah. But I think dentists have a hard time because we're, we want to be liked. We don't want to be rejected. We have a hard time developing um, our authentic selves. And when you're, when you're in your authentic self, when you're speaking from your heart, you got into dentistry because you wanted to help people. You want to save people from disease. You want to help them look better. 
and it's not about you. So when you're looking in the video camera, you're like, oh, I suck. I'm not, I'm not doing this right. You're thinking about yourself and it's not about you. It's about serving other people. So if you could start getting into the frame of this is why I love what I do. This is what makes me, this is what, what I would do even if I wasn't pay, paid. So if you got on video and you tapped into that, mm-hmm. if you spoke from your heart, people will hear you with their heart as well. So if you're trying to stumble in your brain what words to say, you're going to fall on deaf ears. But if you actually can sit and say, what do I love dentistry? What do I love? What am I? I'm talking to the patient that's scared right now. They're scared. They're looking at me. They've got tears in their eyes. They haven't been a dentist in five years. And now we'll open your eyes and say, I know you're scared. I've got I know a hack it's been for a long that, because right? you know I do, right? Because you can do yeah. that naturally. So, well, no, it's not. Nat- I mean, I'd go through that process. I'm like, who am I speaking to? I'm get not a whiteboard. To a get that white. Get get in your office, Nate. This is the assignment. Get in your office. Get that tripod. Get a whiteboard and write three things up up on there. Three bullet points of things that you want to cover. And it's okay if you glance over and look at this because it is hard to get up unscripted and like, what am I going to say and having to remember? So that's the hack I give some t- people, and I use it all the time. It's just like, here's the three things. Also. Another topic, do not drone on for five minutes. Try to do two minutes or less, ideally one minute, right? Get to the point and say what you're going to say. Um, sometimes what I see is that we have the video, video production is too long, too long. And they, we're trying to say, hey, what is the veneer process or what's the whole process with Invisalign? It's, but it's a documentary by the time we're damn yeah. done and no one's watching it. Yeah, because the guy who's telling you, it's like an engineer telling you how he built the Dyson vacuum. Yeah, no one gives a shit. The Show me what the benefit yeah. is to me. Does it make it, me look prettier? Yeah. Yes. Okay. How much yeah. does it cost? Life hack for all of life. The less you think about yourself, the happier you will be, the more successful you will be, yeah. the more you will connect. You will, you will just, your yeah. marketing, will, every element of your life will improve. If you can get outside of your own head and, and, thinking and, and about by the what way, people thinking about what other people need and people that think about themselves, they're not really egotistical. They're, they're called people pleasers. And if you're a pleaser and I know, cause I'm a pleaser, you're actually, it's thinking about yourself because you're not thinking about them. You're thinking, will they like me and will they be happy with me? Yeah. So in dentistry, we really need to just make sure that you understand you're in a service industry and that means you serve others and the happiest people, the happiest dentists are the ones that serve the most people. And the reason why they serve people is because they can really eloquently communicate how they can add value to people's lives. The people who win in business are the ones who add the most value. So if you can get up on camera and say something like, I know you're scared. I know it's been a long time. I'm not going to judge you. Come in. Let's talk. Let's get started. And that's it. Even, even though you didn't go through any of the process, that would be more valuable than like, I'm a diplomat of the American Academy and I went to Panky and blah, blah, blah. And like, who gives a shit? I don't care about you. What are you going to do for me? We what, talked about, I talked about me? this at the summit too, people, because I would, I would always tell people like, hey, like, what are you doing? I'm like, so we do video marketing and we create videos and then we distribute them using these sequences and these different strategies. Like, oh, like what types of videos do you do? Like, well, we focus on two types, brand awareness and engagement. Then we also really like to focus on patient stories and telling patient stories. And they're like, oh, like a testimonial. And I'm like, no, No. (laughs) not like a testimonial because a testimonial, they're talking about you, man. We don't want Uh, them to talk about you. I want to hear about the patient. Like it is a completely different thing. Like, and people just, they get, caught in that like they want to talk about what they're doing in their practice and and it's no when we i asked the patient what was your experience with the dentist like before you came in to atlanta that spot how do you feel with and you look there is a place for testimonials like, just to be clear it. we're yeah. not saying it's well just, i mean a testimonial could be done in a story i was scared i was hopeless i came here they there were nice go. There you go. You know, it's not like these guys were great and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's, there's a way to say like what happened before. 
I was told I couldn't have it. I came here and they did it. And now look at my life. It's great. Well, the testimonials often organically just come through the story. They'll just, you know, if you get someone on camera and they're talking, they're organically going to get to the point where it was, yeah. And then I found out about the Spodak Dental Group and I came in and it was wonderful and this, this and that. And so it, it organically is going to be a subtle, a subtle brag for the practice. But the focus really, again, when you go into making the video and when you're concepting it and putting your storyboard together and like really thinking about what the videos look like, it's focus on the patient, you know, you and what you did and what your practice can do that's secondary. Yep. The primary goal is how can we tell this person's story? Guys, I'm going to cut us off. Okay. It's been an hour. Look at that. Boom. Bam. Right. You're going to take it down. Nate, I just want to say I appreciate the impact you've made for Craig and I. I appreciate the impact you've made for now some of our friends and colleagues um, and what you're doing. I think you're doing impactful stuff for sure. And you're, and, you're, and, you're moving the, and you're moving the needle for us. And I, uh, again, I don't, I don't know what your, what your bandwidth is at your, at your agency or not, but if you want to, y'all, if you want to find or connect with Nate, it's attention, his website is attentiondriven.com. Um, and, and, uh, Nathan, how would someone get a hold of you? What's the best kind of email? Is it Nathan at attention driven? Yeah. Nathan at attention driven.com. They can send me an email there. I can give you guys some links. Maybe you can drop it in the, in the notes or something section or put it in the, the description of the podcast episode at the end, but yeah, Nathan at attention driven.com. Um, we may in the next couple of weeks have some bandwidth to take on new clients. We're pretty booked. So it's going to be, and we're a boutique agency. So we're going to be pretty selective, but yeah, I'd love to, I'm always willing to connect and yeah. And not everyone's a fit. So it's nice that you say like, Hey, right. Like you want to make sure that you're meshing with, right. You're able to serve the needs of that person. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. I know that I don't do everything. People to you. Thing. A lot of dentists come in and you're like, Hey, do you do SEO and web design? I'm like, nah, man, we do one thing. We do it really well. It's like, well, you stay in your lane and that's what like, I, that's what I think is beautiful. You're not a Jack of all trades, master of none. You're literally a master of one yeah. thing. And you stay in that lane. And that's what I love that you're not trying to be all things, all people. And that's, which is unlike a lot of agencies, unfortunately, where they just outsource shit to everyone. Yeah. Well, they and, say they do it all and they just outsource it. So it's like source the shit out of it. And then there's no accountability. And like, well, well, let me connect you with that person. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. And, and we unfortunately get preyed upon in dentistry over if it's not life insurance it's freaking marketers or credit card you know, fees what credit card fees well, if it's, it's not it's, one thing i'd it's say the number the, the number one thing we get preyed upon is financial services and then i would say um uh marketing yeah marketing so and, yeah we just anyway postcards there's making us all so much there's so much stuff we just say yeah yeah okay um equipment we don't need anyway we, we could yeah, go on and true. on anyway brother thank you for being on and um spending your time with us today i'm sure it's beautiful weather and surfing weather and you're sitting inside on a on a dental podcast and um but uh we're glad to have you man create awareness for you thanks, thanks Nathan. so good to have you here man good to see yeah, you buddy appreciate it good seeing you guys too okay man uh, until next time everybody thanks for tuning in